Welcome to the Bag Clan Fantasy Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, Blake, Tyler, and Rob. Welcome in and hello from where we are to where you are. This is the Bag Clan Fantasy Football Podcast. We appreciate your viewership or listenership, I guess, whether this is the first time or many times. I'm your host, Blake, joined as always by Tyler and Rob. How are we doing, guys? Doing great. That one was uh, aces, dog. Yeah, that was almost a coherent intro. I told you we'd get there eventually. There you go. All right. We're here for our week two edition of the Bag Clan Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, You know... There's a lot of things you can say about football, but there's a lot you can say about week one, really. There was a lot of letdowns, a lot, of, like, a couple highs, but a lot of shit that we're going to be talking about tonight. Yeah, m- much like much like Blake in bed, most of week one was disappointing. Wow. That's a okay, that one. seems like a shot that didn't require uh, <laughs> being taken, but whatever. Yeah, that, um, was a, that was a heavy ricochet shot there. It was. Uh, boy, oh, boy. But week one was a mess. That's for damn sure. I mean, yeah, so. Maybe yeah, playing ahead. in the preseason is important. Like maybe playing one time with new yeah, teammates yeah. is important. Yeah, that seems like a good I think, idea. I think the stat was quarterbacks that didn't play at all in the preseason went three and eleven. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that. so. Yeah, what a wild, wild time! And yeah, let's let's get into it with, with a couple news and notes. Which let's be honest, it's mainly going to be injury talk. All right, so I didn't write down every single injury or everything, every single practice uh, news that came out this week because there'd be too damn many of them. But we're going to hit some some large strokes here. First and foremost, especially for us, uh, biggest news: Dak Prescott broken thumb uh, colliding. I think I, I didn't see the play. I assume it collided with a helmet or something. Uh, other guy's hand, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, well, whatever. Surgery on Monday. Out six to eight weeks. Um, not being not being put on IR. Uh, apparently, Jerry Jones thinks he's going to be back within four. Which I don't know. Yeah, the yeah, the, the one that go ahead. I saw. So I think Jerry's stuff is getting taken a little bit out of context as usual. Um, the big one is that they he can't practice at all if he's on IR with the team, and they think that he may be able to start throwing before that four weeks. So it's not like he's going to play but he could start throwing and practicing before the four weeks. Exactly. That's exactly it. That he can be back with the team. And that was his quote was that we think he may be back with the team before the four weeks is up. And so that's why they didn't want to do, put him on IR. And then everybody's running with it. Like, Oh my God, he'll be back in four weeks. No, he's not going to be playing in a game in four weeks, but he'll be back practicing for probably let's say he's back in four. He'll practice for two and be back in six, like the original timetable. Yeah, uh, very similar injury profile to Russell's last year, if I'm not mistaken. As yeah, far real as close the to that. Goes, yeah, yeah, because yeah, Russ was like the pinky and fourth one, right? And or was he also the thumb? It was a thumb, but I think his was more. I think I thought a tendon issue, but it was still a th- thumb yeah. in his throwing hand. Yeah. Either way, I mean, if he comes back early, everybody's going to make the comparison. If he's not, you know, of Russ, if he's not Dak. So I, I think this is one where 
you, you got to expect him to be out until at least the end of October. Yeah. Bad news for any uh, Dallas pass catcher, I'd say. Oh yeah. By far. Um, another uh, week's long injury that came out of week one, Elijah Mitchell running back for the San Francisco 49ers uh, knee issue. I don't remember if it was, I, I don't, it didn't require surgery from what I remember, but it's a 68 week injury is out for several, several weeks. Yeah. So um, it's, it's yeah. either a grade three uh, strain of the MCL or an MCL tear that uh, that is non-surgery requiring. Um, the, basically the initial reports were, I believe two to four weeks when they decided it was the MCL. And then they went in with the MRI and actually got bad news. So that pushed it out to the six to eight week. Yeah. Bad news for them two years in a row here. I mean, bad news for them six years in a row. Well, yeah, but I mean, I mean, mean, first game, you know, first game you want to, yeah. If you want to just get injured, you have two options, either become Blake Kilberger or play running back for the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, can you imagine Blake playing running back for the San Francisco 49ers? I'd be dead. Oh, he hurt himself in the tunnel walking out. Yeah. You, you would not get a yard before you get absolutely smokeified by a defensive tackle. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there would be a funeral held before the second quarter, for sure. Yeah. Trey, Trey Lance would idea. be turned around, and you would still be trying to get your momentum started. <laughs> and, and he'd be like, well, I'm just going to take this then. Yep. All right. Um, let's see. Moving, let's go into some running backs. Let's talk about the injury that popped up either today or yesterday. I think it was the DeAndre Swift ankle injury. Yeah. Nah, I don't really know a whole lot about this, but definitely concerning. Well, I mean, a, a, an ankle injury midweek isn't – I mean, he, it came out of the game. It wasn't like a practice injury. But the fact that they – call up somebody from their pack practice squad it doesn't bode well usually when you do a practice squad call up you're hedging your bets now there's still plenty of time but you know after the week one he put up and then to have this news after the fact is a little disconcerting Tyler, especially for if you have something to say or if you're just rubbing your eyes no i'm just trying to wake <laughs> up <laughs> um naji harris questionable uh limited in practice the foot injury uh, there was a lot of concerns coming out of Sunday's game. Uh, it seems like there's not a whole lot of concern from Steelers camp about this, but I don't, I don't know. What are you guys thinking? Yeah, I don't know how there's not concern. Uh, he had the Liz Frank injury, and this is clearly a re-aggravation of that injury, and this is something he's going to be dealing with all the, all year. Um, I, this does not bode well for Najee all year. If he comes out, uh, who are they playing this week? Do you guys know off the top of your New head? England. New England. I mean, does this change who New England focuses on and, you know, takes away for this game, right? Right. Because, you know, behind that offensive line, Najee has never been the guy to be, you know, five yards per carry anyway. So all of a sudden, if you take him from three yards per carry down to two, just by playing basic defense, you can focus on somebody else. Yeah, this isn't, this isn't great. Alrighty, um, let's talk about Cam Akers a little bit. Um, you know, returning from Achilles injury, the word was that he was going to, you know, get get work on last Thursday night. He had what three carries, and that was it for the entire game. What do you guys think is Cam Akers going to be used at all? Looks like Daryl Henderson's the lead back in that backfield. Uh, what's the feeling on those 
or that those or those fantasy owners that drafted Cam Akers, what are they? What can they expect? I mean, if you drafted Cam Akers and you didn't have an expectation that he would come out of the gate slow, then you're you're just not reading news. Um, you know, you're coming off an Achilles. You're not going to be. I mean, he came back early last year from the Achilles and didn't look very good. So you didn't expect a whole lot if you drafted him. If you drafted him to be your number one or two back, ugh, you know, I guess that's on you. Um, and with Henderson there, and they didn't they in the offseason, Tyler, say, hey, it's 1A, 1A, much like Green Bay. You know, you can't expect any of them to really carry the load. Yeah, I mean, I for to me, you have to look at this as Henderson's backfield. And until Akers shows it, there's you can't trust him. This, this is one that you have to see to believe before before you do anything. And granted, you can throw out a lot of that Buffalo tape for the Rams offense in general. Uh, you know, Allen Robinson goosed. Um, Skoranek was more involved than he was. You know, I think you got some good news uh, on Higby, and you can take a little bit of that. But that was just a blowout from the start. So. You know, we'll we'll see this week what that um what that offense looks like. You'll get a little bit better idea, but I, I certainly can't play Cam Akers until I see it. Okay, um to hit on another no, I don't want to hit on him. Let's go to receivers. Okay. Uh some issues here. Uh Rondell Moore, and while we're talking about Rondell Moore in Arizona, we'll talk about Zach Ertz too. No practice this week. Rondell Moore not playing last week. I mean Rondo Moore probably won't play again this week. Uh, Zach Ernst did play last week, and didn't didn't he get like a late touchdown um, when they were like already done and buried by Kansas City? So I think you got to if you're a Zach Ernst owner, you got to feel a little bit better. Um, you know, they'll limit his practice, but I think he should be fine this week. But yeah, Rondo Moore, they really needed him <laughs> with with Nuke out until week seven. So you know, it it doesn't help that uh, that offense, which is why you saw a guy like. Deutsch or Dorsch or whatever. Um, Dorch. Be a, Dorch be a uh, a popular waiver wire pickup this week because somebody's got to catch the ball there. Yeah, and you could effectively look at Greg Dorch as a handcuff to Rondell Moore. Um, the ballers who are out of Arizona, the fantasy footballers who are out of Arizona are saying, hey, as soon as Rondell Moore comes back, Greg Dorch is back to the bench. Uh, you know, we all love the Dorcher chamber, but, you know, he, he's going to – He'll be relevant until Moore is back. But I think one thing that this, this does do for me is this boosts up Rondell Moore a little bit, just seeing the usage that Dorch is getting. And then you put a guy with the talent that Rondell Moore has back on the field. You know, I think you could see basically what Curtis Samuel did last week with what, 10 targets and five rushes some, somewhere in there. You you could see that in Rondell Moore before Hopkins comes back. Right. Um, Chris Godwin. Uh, back on Sunday night football looking, you know, fast like he normally was and then catches a pass out to the flat and comes up hobbling. Uh, it's a hamstring issue. He's missed his practice today and is supposed to miss some time uh, as far as games go. Yeah, so he, he came back really early from this ACL. And the issue with the coming back early from the ACL is not the, um, you know, the the big one is are, are you going to re tear it that that's the biggest one, and uh, he didn't he wore a non contact jersey the entire time leading up to the game he never got hit in practice leading up to the Dallas game, and then all of a sudden you're trying to go full speed again, 
And yeah, you're going to have this. I, I think Tampa Bay would be smart, especially with how Julio Jones looked to keep him out for the what two to four weeks that it would, it should have taken to recover that ACL to full strength. Um, keep him out for that amount of time. Let the hamstring fully heal, let the ACL get to where it needs to be and just, you know, ride Julio and ride Mike Evans. Yeah. I'm with you on that. This is just a classic case of coming back a little too soon uh, and pushing your, you know, pushing your body to do something that the rest of it's not ready for. Last uh, receiver I want to talk about is Keenan Allen. Uh, Mid-game gets a hamstring injury, I believe. Uh, Goes out for the latter half of that football game, and he is declared out for Thursday night, what's supposed to be a barn burner of a game against the Chiefs. Yeah, it was just being being a Thursday game. It was just too early to be able to come back from it. He might have had a chance for Sunday, uh, doubtful. I think he's was going to be out this week anyway. But being a Thursday game, it was a no, you know, he's not coming back. That's for sure. Yeah, that, that made the decision very easy. Yeah. All righty. Any other, any other stories or injuries you guys want to hit on before we move on? Now, we go through the rest as we go through matchups as they cool. impact. Let's, let's go into episode two of Blake's Over-Unders. Ooh. So I don't remember exactly what we did last week, but that doesn't really matter. Uh, I'll fix that going on forward. I made a spreadsheet before the podcast. So, you know, I'm in uh, Tyler town here to track my own over unders. Um, Tyler town is a great place. Yeah. <laughs> so this writing the flavor town, this week's over under theme or name is new team, new me. Mm. I've got three wide receivers here that are all on new teams compared to their seasons last year. And they all had impressive showings in week one. Now, my question to you guys this week is, do they continue? Do they, do they, do they falter a little bit? So let's hit first up here. Uh, we're going to go in game order. So I got Tyree Kill playing Sunday morning, I believe. Yep. Last week, he went 8 for 12 for 94 yards. Pretty damn good. Uh, showing for receiver also the worst of my three on this list so my question to you guys um, over under receptions five and a half is where I'm going to set it and then also we can do eh, we can you can combine if you want to but also a wide receiver finish of 15 and a half so those are the over unders Um, I'll take the over on the five and a half receptions I'll take the over on that for Hill would you like to speak to the 15 and a half as well? Are you talking 15 and a half fantasy points then? Uh, no, finish in receivers. Oh, you mean I got you. Uh, yeah, uh, he's top 15. He is a top 15. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, let's I'm- see, I'm going to classify that as under, you know, just we're going to go straight numbers. So he's going to be under 15 and a half means he's going to be better. That's just the way my brain works. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go easily over five and a half uh, against Baltimore. Um, I think you could actually uh, nearly double that line, put it at nine and a half, and we'd still have a conversation about it. As far as fantasy finish, 
of 15. I mean, it's just so hard for receivers to consistently end up in that top 10. Uh, I know that he finished 23 last yeah, 24, week. 23. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, the I mean, puts him in there, so I'm saying he scores this week. So yeah, I think and, that's and he puts him over. did not score last week, and that was the only reason right. he was out. So yeah, I'll, I'll give it to him. And one thing that we did see out of that Dolphins offense is uh, Mike McDaniel uh, had the highest neutral game pass volume uh, in the league. So really, really good for the pass catchers there. That he's he's letting Tua sling the rock. Okay. Um, I think the next game, well, I don't know what I'm thinking, but Devontae Adams is the next receiver we're going to talk about. I think he was, uh, I want to say number eight, um, receiver last week, 10 for 17 for 141 yards and a touchdown. Oh, he was number four. The other AJ Brown was number eight, I believe I had them flip-flopped. Um, so yeah, 10 for 17, 141 and one. So my over under is. 13 and a half targets and a wide receiver finish of 10 and a half. Yeah. I'm going to smash, uh, I guess the over on both of those, but you know, the under on the 10 and a half, right. uh, finish, um, they're going up against Arizona, which is, we saw last week, maybe the worst secondary in the league. Um, you know, whether you want to call it the tertiary or what, but it, it's bad. And, uh, yeah, I I fully anticipate Devontae Adams being a staple of winning DFS lineups this week. Yeah, I agree. I, I'll take the over on the targets and the under, meaning that he's a top, what would you, would you say, 10 half, so top 10 finish, yes. Okay, my last one, A.J. Brown, not very surprising. He had a stunning week last week as well. Last week he was 10 targets, for, or 13 targets for 10 receptions and 155 yards. So, is he over under 120 and a half yards receiving this week? And is his finish over under seven and a half receptions? No, just I would oh, finish. just just rank. Okay, I think he's under 120 this week, or 125, whatever you said it at. I think he's under that for yardage. Um, is he top seven and a half? I'm going to take the the over here, and I think he's over seven. He's probably like more in that 10 to 14 range this week. Yeah. I mean, when you're talking about top 10 at the wide receiver position in our league, that means you hit the hundred yard bonus. Um, The one thing that was surprising about AJ Brown coming out last week is coming into this game uh, in all his years with the Titans. I think he only had six of 42 games that with more than uh, or with 10 catches or more with double digit catches. And he nails it in his first week with the Eagles, where we thought that they were going to, you know, throw the ball all around. So, but at the same token, Devonta Smith got goosed, which you can't expect to see again. Um, I think he's actually a good buy low, but I don't know if that falls into that segment. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that he gets 13 targets again, but is that Minnesota secondary one to really you know, scary. The Packers, the Packers game looks a lot better. If Christian Watson comes down with that deep pass, that, mm-hmm. that's never oh. another 75 yards on a touch. Oh, so yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I guess just for safety, I'll go under on both of those, but it would not surprise me if he, you know, if he nailed it. 
All right. That's all I had for this week's episode of Blake's Over-Unders. Uh, if you don't like my lines, you can suck it. They'll get better or worse as the season goes on, and I do, and I do this more often. So uh, if you got nothing else to add, guys, no more segments. Let's move into El Machapos. Yeah, All right, our first matchup this week is uh, um, the home team, Scary Terry, 0-1 record versus Rob's Fly Eagles Fly with a 1-0 record, undefeated <laughs> uh, is what the Eagles are. Oh, Tyler, I hate Rob and his fantasy team. I do, too. I think we should play a song and show him how much we hate him. <laughs> now, come on. Rob, Rob, Rob. the two hole oh, <laughs> it never gets old it, it really right. never gets old all right so currently scary terry is projected to win this game we got 140 points to eagles 131 scary terry is going to play carson wentz oh shit i we totally forgot to do uh transactions oh my god well i mean we clearly have to go back on that oh no oh here we go yeah. This shit's unbelievable. I checked the accounts receivable. It's inconceivable to think that you would fuck with me on the brink of my transactions. Oh boy, what a hardcore whoopsie that was. Um, <laughs> yeah, so our number one claim this week was no surprise, Jeff Wilson Jr. Claimed for $16 to fly Eagles fly. I tried to throw in $11 at him, but that got, uh, that got stumped. Um, Scary Terry claims Carson Wentz. That's what made me remember it is. He just claimed him for $10 this week, dropping Dak Prescott. Testicle T claims Jordan Mason, the backup for Najee Harrison. Oh, no, that's Jordan Mason, the third string. Sorry, I'm getting mixed up with the other guy. Third string in yeah. uh, San Francisco. Jalen Warren is the backup for... Uh, Najee Harris added by Scary Terry. Yeah, let me actually stop you there. And I want to talk about Jordan Mason in San Francisco. This is actually a really good sneaky ad, I think. I'm not convinced that Jeff Wilson is the guy for San Francisco. Uh, He was last week, but, you know, that's because they had guys inactive because they didn't play special teams. So, you know, I think Jordan Mason for Testicle T is a really, really sneaky good ad for $3. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, Zay Jones added by the Snakes for $2. Tesco T adds Steelers defense for two. Uh, then a bunch of zero ads. We got Hayden Hurst to the uh, Eagles fly. 
Dontrell Hilliard to the Snakes, Kyle Phillips to the Snakes, and the Bengals defense to the Snakes. Yeah, obviously the Bengals defense is a good ad. They're playing uh, Dallas without a quarterback this week. And Kyle Phillips is actually a sneaky good ad, too, in a PPR league. Yeah, he got tons of targets. One of the rookie receivers out there in Tennessee. Um, I think, did I? No, I dropped Bobby Trees for Zay Jones. But Bobby Trees is getting dropped off my team regardless. He does not seem like he is the uh, a, a target for Ryan Tannehill this year. At least yeah, I mean, you, you expect the rookies to start slow and then get better. And both of these rookies started well. And yeah. so you can only expect them to go up from here. Yeah, Woods is a stump, that's for sure. Wow, good job. I like that one. Nothing? nothing? I like that I like that one. That was that was a good one. You'll Nate will laugh at that. Or it might go over his head. Who knows? Anywho, uh then any guys anything else to talk about in the waivers? We can just launch straight back into the matchup breakdown here. So like All I right. said before, Carson oh, Wentz. Free Jack. Yeah, that was yeah, good job. <laughs> And then, nice. and then, you know, I won't play the whole song again, but I just want to play this. I love the two hole. <laughs> there we go. Back to you, Blake. All right. Carson Wentz for Scary Terry uh, for the Washington Commanders at Detroit today and or Sunday. I'm, I'm, I'm off, man. My whole flow is, is ruined. Uh, but Eagles Fly is going to start Russell Wilson home against Houston. Yeah, I mean – Carson Wentz came out and looked really, really good. Um, I do have uh, Tyler's – oh, what did we call it? Tyler's irrelevant stat of the day. Sure. What, what was the segment that we made up? Uh, Carson Wentz is the best fucking quarterback of all time in 73-degree weather. Like, he, like, has a perfect <laughs> pass rating. It, I'm not joking. It's unbelievable. And this last game was in 73-degree weather. Uh, yeah, I mean, Detroit's in a dome, so maybe you can expect that. But I don't think it's going to be exactly 73 in Detroit. So give me Russell Wilson. I want, I want, it was Tyler's arbitrary something. I don't remember if it was yeah, it's like Tyler's arbitrary stat of the week. Was that, it? I think that's okay. close to that. <laughs> oh boy. I didn't hear what you, who you picked at all, Tyler. I was not listening to uh, he, he I'm said taking, Russell Wilson. taking Russ. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a smart play. Moving into our running back. Scary Terry has Najee Harris with those question marks we talked about and Leonard Fournette at new Orleans. Najee Harris playing against the Patriots. Like we said, Fly Eagles Fly has Christian McCaffrey disappointing showing in week one from CMC. He's at the Giants. And then also Jeff Wilson Jr., newly acquired, playing against Seattle. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's yeah, – I was just going to insert in here before you get before you judge it. The, the reason that he's in there is I took Swift out uh, because regardless of whether he plays or not, Williams already took a bunch from him last week and stands to do more. I just would, don't trust Swift this week with a midweek ankle injury at this point. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, you could say that Chris McCaffrey was disappointing in week one. He still put up 15 points. So it's pretty impressive when you can have a disappointing week and put up 15. Uh, clearly the best back in this matchup. I already talked about how I don't trust Najee at all. Um, you know, Lenny is good. You're up against the new Orleans defense and the bucks since Tom Brady has been there, do not play well in new Orleans. Uh, like they've been, I think they've been shut out once or twice there. So I don't trust that offense almost at all. Um, so give me McCaffrey and Jeff Wilson. I agree. It's McCaffrey and Jeff Wilson. I think you can temper your, or not temper, but 
uh, you don't need to be as scared of Leonard Fournette versus the Saints. I mean, the Atlanta Falcons just played against the Saints last week, and they're, I would say, a lesser offense through and through. Uh, and Cordero Patterson ran for, what, 120-some yards against the Saints defense. So I think Fournette's a better running back, and I think you don't have to worry too much about them, about him there. Um, receivers, Scary Terry has Debo Samuel home against the Seattle Seahawks and Juju Smith-Schuster home against the Chargers on Thursday night football. Fly Eagles Fly has Michael Pittman Jr. at Jacksonville and Corlin Sutton home against Houston, stacking it with Russell Wilson. Uh, Blake, I will say um, for for Leonard Fournette, sorry, I was looking this up while you were talking, uh, in two games against New Orleans last year, he had a total of 17 carries for 60 yards. Okay. Um in total against New Orleans last year for Cordero Patterson, he had a total of like eight carries for like 30 some yards or some shit like that. So all I'm saying is that I think uh, New Orleans rushing defense might not be as good as it has been in years past. And I think Fournette might be still a fine play. Yeah, I'm going to stat I'm going to fact check your uh let's see Patterson against New Orleans uh 4 for 11 and 9 for 10. Yeah, but uh Patterson also had six for 126 through the air against New Orleans last year. So he at least yeah, produced. And he, he had like 20 carries for 120 yards and like no catches on, on Sunday. Well, there you go. So stop proving me right, Tyler. No. <laughs> so what are this clearly requires some sort of bet. So what are we setting the line at? I don't know. All, I've, I've literally taken no hard stance here, Tyler. And all you've done you is. You have taken a hard do... stance. You're directly opposing me. I no. All I said is I don't think I don't think Leonard Fournette is a bad play. I, I over he's, under going to be as bad as he is over under fifty and a half yards for Fournette over rushing. Okay, that, yeah, that's easy. I'll take the under on that. That's a dollar bet. Uh, so as far as receivers go, um, this is a really good matchup. Pittman uh, showed that he could be the guy. I know they had to rely, uh, which was weird. When they started relying on the run again was when that offense started moving again. I think they started to get away from that a little bit last week. So I think they'll rely a lot more on Jonathan Taylor early and often. Um, Sutton was targeted a ton in that Denver game, um, even though the offense didn't quite get it done there. You saw glimpses of what it could be, and Russ was one of those quarterbacks that didn't play in the preseason. Uh, Debo, obviously, with the lead running back going down, are we going to see 2021 Debo again? Is this, mm. you know, are we back to Debo being the everything guy? And Juju, really I, Juju looks like the guy to have in Kansas City. So as it stands right now, I'm going to go Debo and Juju, uh, but it's not going to surprise me either way. Yeah, I think it switches if the running back situation in San Francisco is less tumultuous. Uh, but yeah, with with the issue with um, Elijah Mitchell, it, it leans towards Debo and Juju. Tight ends, Scary Terry has Pat Fryermuth uh, against New England and C, uh, the, not C.O. Whitefish, the Fly Eagles Fly. No, you, have, you can call me Whitefish, it's okay. Uh, Dawson Knox against Tennessee on Monday night. Yeah, two guys that um, – I mean, Dawson Knox, you weren't encouraged by his performance uh, week one, but, you know, I don't think you can be largely discouraged with the fact that they cut uh, O.J. Howard and everything before the season. I am going to go the Muth just based on volume. He had 10, uh, 10 targets last week, and if you're going to 
if you're going to say my tight end is going to get 10 targets, I'm going to take it 10 times out of 10. Yeah, the muth is loose, as those we follow might say. Gross. Our flex positions here, Scary Terry with DK Metcalf at San Francisco and Antonio Gibson at Detroit versus Eagles Fly, Travis Etienne, a disappointing week one, home against Indianapolis, and then Allen Robinson, talk about disappointing, home against Atlanta. The all disappointing flex. This is really easy for me. This is Scary Terry. DK Metcalf in uh, now, I think, five games with Geno Smith as the starter has never been uh, or has been right around that 25% target share every single game. And you can't ask for much more than that, even with a bad quarterback. Uh, Antonio Gibson got it done last week in the absence of Brian Robinson, and I expect that to continue. I do think Allen Robinson is okay. You know, the Bills played purely zone, and it sounds like Allen Robinson is a man-to-man beater where they're going to use Cooper Cup more in those zone matchups. Fine. Um, I don't know what Atlanta plays off the top of my head. I just don't expect him to, you know, go over 100. And Travis Etienne had some missed opportunities. Uh, you should just put him in the um, back page of the paper ads, the missed opportunities. And uh, But he he could certainly turn some of those into points. Okay. Uh, defense. We got Packers against Chicago for Scary Terry and then Bucks at New Orleans for Eagles Fly. Yeah, this is the Packers. Yeah. Okay. So, Tyler, talking about Scary Terry's bench, do you do you look at getting David Montgomery into this lineup somehow, or what do, what are you what are you looking at changing here? Well, so if you don't trust Najee, I think that's the number one question mark on this team. If you don't trust Najee, then <clears throat> The first thing I'm doing is moving Gibson up into my running back slot. And then it's a matter of who do you play at the flex. And you have a bevy of options here. Uh, DJ Moore did not have a good showing week one, but you could uh, you could flex him. David Montgomery, you know, Khalil Herbert got a ton of work last week and Montgomery had the lowest uh, backfield share that he's had his entire career, which is, you know, the rumblings that we had started to hear out of Bears camp uh, in the preseason. You know, you could look at Mooney, you could look at Ertz, you can look at Claypool. There, there's a lot of options here. And <clears throat> if Najee truly doesn't play, then you're putting Jalen Warren in because the, all the Steelers do is play one running back. So all in all, I don't think you see any of these options other than potentially Jalen Warren if Najee is um, inactive. Okay. Rob, why don't you tell us about your team, your bench options, what are you thinking? <clears throat> I mean, I have everything that I have just – depends on if Swift plays or not. If if he's off the important plays, then everything changes, and I take a bunch of people out that I've got in there. Um, ETN's just there as a placeholder. I'm probably not playing him. Um, you know, I would like to say that Damian Pierce gets more run, but, you know, it's Denver, and they're pretty good. Joshua Palmer might find his way in there instead because he's got some upside with, uh, um, with Keenan Allen out. Um, and... The, the one thing about Fournette, he does, he did was limited in practice with a hamstring and he had hamstring problems last year. If for some reason he doesn't play, I got Rashad White hanging in there that I could throw in too. So a lot depends on what happens between now and Sunday. Um, but I could guarantee you my lineup will not be what you see here. Okay. Uh, why don't you have the dice? kick us off and what, what am i rolling today boys 
That seems uh, like a new decision. Dealer's choice. Okay, here we go. Uh, it's an uh, even 10. All right, that'll be a win for the Fly Eagles fly. Oh, by the way, last week, uh, we did terrible. Rob went three and two. All the rest of us went two and three. <laughs> oh, gross. All right, uh, so guys, pick the Eagles. I'm going to go with Scary Terry here. I am going to also go Scary Terry here. And Rob? I'm going to go Scary Terry as well, just because, unfortunately, a lot of my bench and even starting players had disappointments. I mean, so if if just one of ETN or Robinson would have had a good game, you'd feel better, but I don't, so uh, Terry takes it. Right, I'd also like to up. point oh, out, Go ahead. I never want to talk to you on Sunday ever again. <laughs> the, the bitcher was out in force on Sunday. I was doing awful. No. You, oh, my God. Oh, I'm just getting wrecked. This happens to me every week. Oh, I just have the worst luck in fantasy. Win. I do. Shut the fuck up. Shut oh, the fuck up. I did up. win. It's my first win, and I don't know up. how long. Shut the fuck up. Dude, I was 2-9 and nine last year at one point. Shut up. Oh, that's every week with this man. I I know it's infuriating. Well, I was right more than wrong last year that I was gonna lose, so he did not. All right, enough about you. Let's talk about right. the kegerator versus. Uh, I didn't team. bring it up, by the way. <laughs> Currently, uh, both these teams are zero and one. Kegerator is favored by four points, so it's a pretty even matchup here. Kegerator has Lamar Jackson versus Miami. And Tesco T has Josh Allen versus Tennessee. Uh, this is real easy. It's Josh Allen. Yeah. Anytime Josh Allen is in the matchup, you're not going to pick against him. Yeah. Uh, really hard to do that. So running backs, Austin Eckler at Kansas City and Alvin Kamara at home against Tampa Bay for the Kegerator versus Derrick Henry at Buffalo and Javante Williams uh, home against Houston. Well, I'll tell you right now, I have one player I want to talk about here, and I'll let you talk about the rest, Rob. Alvin Kamara has a rib injury, uh, broken broken ribs, I believe. And Kamara is not a guy you want to play when he is hurt. Uh, I don't have the stats in front of me, which is wild for me. But when Alvin Kamara is listed as questionable on the injury report before the game, he is like so, so, so much less effective in the game. And we saw that week one with his you know, severely diminished, um, you know, production nine for 39 and three for seven through the air. I, I don't know that you can expect Camara to get double digits for you. So Rob, I'll no, let you talk about the rest of this match. Well, I would just add, didn't they just sign? Um, uh, yeah. He, he played for Baltimore last year. Was it Ingram? No. The other one that played for New Orleans at one time. Shit, I, I knew this, and I'm just drawing a total blank on it. Yeah, we, uh, Tyler will think of it while I while I talk about. Oh, I'm the so rest annoyed. Of I knew that. I knew this information too. I heard this story. <laughs> I mean, Eckler will be fine. Um, but Latavius got, Murray. There you, there you go. Very good. Yeah. So just like I said, bringing up um, guy from the practice squad didn't look good for uh, Swift. Signing Latavius Murray, a 38 year old running back. I know he's not 38. I'm exaggerating. Um, doesn't bode well for Kamara. And like Tyler said, whenever he's questionable, it means he's on the wrong side of it. Um, Javante Williams is fine. I mean, he didn't get a lot of run last week, but boy, what he got the most targets 
and catches he's ever gotten a game. So you got to love that kind of usage and he'll get more run as, as the um, season progresses. And Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry. Buffalo's defense is good, but he'll still be fine. So give me Henry and Williams here. Yeah. Javon or Javante Williams, 12 targets, 11 receptions. Insane. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, looking at Henry's stats last week, I mean, 21 attempts looks great. 82 yards. That's a pretty good day for running back. Only eight points fantasy. Like he had no, that's, no work yeah. other than those 21 carries. So yeah, you, you're going to well, have those with Henry. He if, score, if he doesn't yeah. break a, if he doesn't break a big one in the fourth quarter, you're going to have those. Uh, but more often than not, than not, he's going to, unless, you know, he is truly still hurting with this foot and everything. Like we thought he might be going into the season. All right, our receivers in this matchup, we've got Tyreek Hill at Baltimore and T. Higgins at Dallas for Kegerator versus Mike Williams at Kansas City, missing Keenan Allen there, and then uh, Gabe Davis. Pretty big game out of him, home against Tennessee for testicle T. Yeah, I mean, Gabe, Gabe Davis, you know, proved all the preseason fantasy prognosticators correct by, you know, stepping up really big in, in the first Thursday game. Um, Mike Williams, on the other hand, did he even get a catch? Did he put up a goose or just two for 10 on four targets, two for 10. So not really good, but again, Keenan Allen's not playing. So we'll see Tyree kill. We talked about him earlier. He's going to do great. Um, Higgins, wasn't it a concussion? Yes. Um, I don't know what his, his prospects are for actually suiting up this weekend. Um, I guess if he does play, you know, I think he'll be fine. Um, cause Dallas is going to play good defense just like they did last week, but that offense isn't going to do anything. And eventually they're going to give up something in the fourth quarter. Um, I guess if Higgins plays, I like Hill and Higgins, but if he doesn't, then I like Williams and Gabe Davis. Yeah. With the question mark there. And we know that concussions, um, the, your riskiest, uh, time is week one afterwards to, to, you know, re-injure or have another concussion. So just with that question mark, I'm going Williams and Davis here. Okay, let's go into our tight ends here. We got Darren Waller home against the Cardinals for Kegerator versus Kyle Pitts at the Rams for T. Yeah, any anybody on Vegas, I'm going to pick this week because they're going up against Arizona. Um, you know, both of these tight ends have opportunity to go over 100. Both these tight ends have the opportunity to uh, break the big one, but I'm going to go Waller here. Uh, I am too. Normally, um, if you didn't tell me who they're playing i take pits but just based on where waller is playing arizona and pits is playing the rams um and the rams are coming off a loss they know where the bread is buttered uh for atlanta which is also why uh last week they were uh, new orleans knew where their the, uh, atlanta's bread was buttered and that's why um cordell patterson did so well is because they were doing the work to take pits out of the game so give me Waller yeah, I, here. i did want to mention does it make does it if you were a Pitts owner, does it concern you at all that he had? He did have seven targets last week, but only two catches for 19 Paulsley yards. Well, did, yards that doesn't no, because it didn't, didn't they put um, uh, I can't think of his name, but he covers Evans all the time when they Lattimore. play Tampa. Yeah, didn't they put Lattimore on him? I don't think he followed him, um, but he was on him quite a bit. Yeah, th- yeah. Th- if anything, um. I think Pitts is a solid buy low in redraft leagues just because every tight end stunk out loud last week for the most part. And except Kelsey, so, right. Except for Kelsey. <laughs> I, I mean, unless, unless your tight end scored, you were disappointed last week. Right. So 
you know what? Target volume is king. Air yards is king. I know that Kyle Pitts had uh, decent air yards. So, yeah, I, I'm not worried at all. All right, our flex positions here. We got Deontay Johnson home against the Patriots and Chase Edmonds at Baltimore for Kegerator. Uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown against Washington and Rex Burkhead at Denver for T. I mean, yep. I, I go ahead. Go ahead, Tyler. Deontay Johnson was one that actually proved me wrong last week. Um, I thought that his production came so much from Big Ben dumping it off. Uh, and turns out, he, you know, still got 12 targets with Trubisky under center. So you can't ask for much more than 12 targets. So uh, that's certainly looking like, uh, when did he grab him? Oh, he grabbed him in the fifth round. So I still think that's a little high, but um, you know, you certainly can't ask for much more out of him. And Chase Edmonds looked uh, good. I mean, obviously 12 for 25, 2.1 per, uh, but four for 40 through the air. And uh, it looks like uh, Miami is going to get their running backs involved both ways. So that's certainly encouraging there. Amiron is the focal point, or Amon Ra, uh, the sun god is the focal point of this Lions offense, as we saw eight for 64 and one. Uh, and Rex Burkhead, I mean, he got the work. Uh, do you feel good about Rex Burkhead in your lineup? Do you? No. Are, no, are no. you being honest if you say yes? Because I, I wouldn't be. So give me uh, give me Deontay and Chase Edmonds. Yeah, I agree 100%. Nothing more to add there. Okay. Bills defense against Tennessee or Steelers against New England? Uh, give me the give me the Bills here. I would normally take the Steelers, but with Watt out, that does take a little bit of the luster off of the Steelers. Though New England has, was a trash fire on offense, um, I just – I think the Bills will get the turnovers. Yeah, the the Bills, at least in week one, showed that they could be a truly special defense this year. When you're just rotating through defensive linemen, and all of a sudden yeah, the offensive yeah. linemen are gassed, and you send a you send a completely ready Von Miller out onto the field. I'm sorry, that's it's unfair. Okay, so let's go, Tyler. Talk about testicle T and what they can do with their team here. Yeah, I mean, the the very first thing that stands out to me is you have Rashad Penny on your bench. Um, he looked really, really good. Now, granted, you could have Kenneth Walker back, and who knows what that split looks like. I know he only got eight points, but it truly looked like Seattle just wanted to say, hey, fuck you, Russ. We can cook with, with or without you. Um, and so, you know, I, I would be looking his way, uh, especially over Burkhead. I mean, if, if this is my team, I'm not playing Burkhead no matter what, right? So I'm looking at all of these guys to replace him. Um, uh, Renfro against Arizona, I certainly wouldn't hate forcing him into the lineup. I know that he was only three for 21 on six targets. Again, it's Arizona. Uh, Drake London wouldn't be a bad play, but you already have Kyle Pitts. I don't really want both of those guys. Um, outside of, I mean, Jamal Williams, are you, would you put him over any of those guys if Swift is out, Rob? Because I know that, Last year when Swift was out, we didn't really see Jamal Williams increase that much. It was more so he stayed in his role and they brought up somebody else to take the Swift snaps. And that's exactly what they'll do. A lot of people would think Jamal Williams, oh, he's going to be the starter. No, they really like him in that role. He'll still be a goal line vulture and and get it in, you know, once they get in the 20s for whatever reason. No, the, the kid they – or kid, the vet they called up from the pr uh, practice squad will probably start – um, but what what will probably happen is they'll throw the ball a lot more than they would normally. Yeah. 
So out of out of those that I mentioned, Rob, I, I think obviously Renfro and Penny are the two that I'd be looking at here. You could you could talk to me about Valdez Scantling, but who who would you be playing there between those two and Burkhead? I mean, I, I would I would take uh, Penny and put him in instead of Burkhead, hundred yeah. percent. I wouldn't even. Yeah, think that's what I'm it. thinking as well. Yeah. All right. So Rob, tell me about the keg Raiders bench. There's one name on the bench that I think definitely needs to be in the starting lineup somehow. And I'm wondering if you're seeing the same thing. I mean, there's two that I see that you could put in there. One would be uh, James Robinson. I mean, he surprised last week. Um, I certainly would play him if Kamara didn't play. Um, I'd throw him in easily. Uh, another guy that you could play, and this would be if T Higgins doesn't play is I, you know, I take a chance, especially against Detroit, who, you know, gave up plenty to um, Philadelphia. I put Dotson in. Boom. Um, so I would do those two moves. Um, I would probably do them regardless of what what happens. And uh, we talked about Camara. I would probably put Robinson in. Um, That's kind of what I was play. thinking, too. You know, yeah. just especially and I, the main one I was talking about was the Johan Dotson. And I think you put him in said T Higgins regardless. Yeah, probably. I mean, I could see why you'd play Higgins. If he plays, gets clean, let's say he's cleared Friday. Well, then then I'd probably put Higgins in because he's obviously a better receiver than Johnson or than Dotson at, at this point. Johnson. <laughs> I'll um, tell you what, guys. The the one guy you're not talking about here who I would play over Dotson is Devonta Smith. I think that game is gonna be a barn burner. I you know, we saw Minnesota come out and throw all over the yard. Philly came yeah. out and did the same thing. I, I would be playing Devonta Smith over Jahan Dotson. I, I could see him being, you know, after a goose and that he might not want to, but yeah, somebody's not going to goose twice in a row, but yeah. I mean, as a Devonta Smith owner in another, a different region, I am him. nervous. Yeah. No, I'm nervous about him. No, I, I, I think I'm you, you have Robinson to just chalk that I'm up to him. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to just chalk that up to the Eagles wanting to use their shiny new toy. And now they're going to get more balanced. I, that's what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Still makes me nervous. So. I mean, well, let's talk about the quarterbacks here. You know, I, I said I'm playing everybody against Arizona. So are you playing Derek Carr over Lamar? So I thought about that as I was going through the bench. I would toy with it. I would toy with it. I mean, Miami's defense it wasn't a fair estimate last week because New England is just not good on offense with Pat Matricia calling plays. Um, but you could convince me of that, yes. All right, Tyler, be pick, this, pick this matchup for me. Yeah, I mean, when we look at the starting lineups as it is now, I want to go testicle T. Everything hinges on the question marks on Kegerator's side. If he plays Kamara and if Kamara is truly, I, I think if he replaces Kamara, Kegerator wins. That, that's just what it comes down to for me because I'm so, I believe so much that Kamara is not going to be a large factor this week. So, yeah, I, as it stands right now, I have to go T. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to be surprised if Kegerator makes the moves he needs to and wins. I feel confident that Kegerator will make the, the moves he needs. Also, um, he got uh, Blake cursed 
last week and lost because his players did bad against my players who also did bad. So now he's due for a uh, a, a big a big week. So that's why he's also going to win. Oh, the old reverse curse. Yep. All right. You want me or the dice? You, then dice. Uh, I'm going to go keg Ritter. Um, also, I was thinking the reverse curse before you said it. So that's very hilarious. <laughs> Plus, I think he will make changes. I think he will be forced to make a change because I actually think that Camaro, I have a sneaking feeling, like a 60-40 feeling that he'll get ruled out before the game. And then he'll be forced to make a move. And that puts his team over the top making that move. So let's see if the dice agrees. The dice says, nope, it's a tea time. It's a two. All right. So we're uh, we're an even split there. Uh, Blake, I, I have a question for you. Are you retiring Queen Sweep now that the Queen is dead? It was never about the Queen. It was about a uh, good mythical morning. True. Because they say Queen Sweep. So Love it. we'll see, Tyler. We'll see whatever uh, my voice decides to say when I am speaking. There you go. Uh, our next matchup is my matchup. I am the backdoor hot snakes hosting. Uh, here's Tubby. I'm one one and oh versus an O and one team. Currently, Tubby is favored to win 142 to 136. I feel like my project my projected scores are going to live in the mid 130s all year long, which is super exciting for me. Same here. Um, at quarterback, I have Tom Brady at New Orleans. That is subject to change. Uh, we'll see how much I tilt on Sunday morning. Uh, but I'm facing Justin Herbert at Kansas City on Thursday night, so we all know where that one's going. Yeah, quick and easy, it's Herbert. Um, we already talked about that being a shootout game. So, you know, because the high scoring happens on Thursday, right, Blake? Absolutely. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Are you worried at all about it being a Thursday game? <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, no, I'm no, sure ever. that you are. Well, of course, watch watch what happens Thursday. Is it for tomorrow? It just pours rain in Kansas City oh, yeah. for whatever stupid reason. <laughs> ten, 10 to three is the final. Yeah, score. It like it fucking <laughs> snows. <laughs> All right, running backs here, hot snakes. I'm gonna have Dalvin Cook at Philly and Michael Carter at Cleveland versus James Conner at Vegas and Josh Jacobs against the Cardinals. Boy, I mean, uh, Josh Jacobs is one of those guys. I, I don't know how you trust him all year. They very clearly went to Brandon Bolden on passing downs. So Jacobs is a first and second down guy. I, you know, you have a new, another new regime for Josh Jacobs, and it looks like he, it's more of the same for him. So I, I don't know how you can possibly trust him. I have to go Dalvin Cook and Michael Carter. Um, I, I was just, I don't remember how Connor did. Oh, Connor got stuffed in the run, but scored and got passing work. So he was fine, which I think you can expect, you know, uh, both of the running backs for the jets got a ton of work through the air last week. I don't know whether you expect that to change or not, but against this good Cleveland secondary, you know, I could certainly see that continue. And then Dalvin cook is clearly the best running back of the bunch. Yep, agree. It, it'll be easily Cook and Carter. Um, you said all there is about Jacobs. That's why he was a do not draft for me. I didn't. He would have had to have been in the eighth round or something for me to take a shot at him. I, I will say I, the yeah. the weakness of this Vikings team is up the middle, and that's where the strength of this Eagles defense is. So I wonder if you see Cook. You know, a I wonder if you see a little bit more passing work. They pull some screens out, stuff like that. Um, but B, I wonder if they keep him back in on pass pro uh, a little bit more to try to um, to try to stop that 
you know, Fletcher Cox and Jordan Davis and those monsters up the middle. Minnesota doesn't usually keep their backs in a lot. They keep their tight ends a lot. So I think. Yeah, but they, they ran uh, almost no 11 personnel in the prior regime. And this year they ran a ton of 11 personnel. So, yeah, I mean, if you, you can keep Irv Smith in, but like I said, the weakness is up the middle. Yeah. And so keeping your tight end in doesn't necessarily help unless you're going to put him one-on-one with a DN, which rarely ends well. No, especially not against Cleveland. I mean, Philly, excuse me. Receivers, I've got Stephon Diggs against Tennessee and then Mike Evans at New Orleans versus Devontae Adams against Arizona and Jerry Judy home against Houston. I mean, for me, this is real easy. We already talked about Devontae Adams against that Arizona defense. Judy, I mean, he had plenty of targets. And just like Judy can do, he can take down a long one, even though, you know, if if, uh, Seattle could have tackled, they would have had him. Mike Evans is going to be playing against Lattimore and they battle and Evans does not have his best games there. Diggs will be Diggs, but the combination of Adams and Judy, I like better than Diggs and Evans this week. Yeah. I think if you're, um, if you're projecting here, Adams has to have the best odds for a wide receiver. Number one, overall finish this week. Um, You know, Cooper cup, maybe, but man, I, I just don't see how Adams has less than a hundred this week. So this is easy. Give me Adams and Judy. Alrighty. Tight ends. Uh, I've got Cole Komet giving him a second chance at green Bay versus Mark Andrews against Miami. Yeah, this is easy. You go Andrews, but I totally agree. Komet, you, you throw out everything about that fucking game outside of snap shares, right? Um, Snapshares is the only thing you can take away from that Chicago San Francisco game. Who do they want on the field? Uh, that that's all you can take. You can't take anything from the passing game. So yeah, give me Andrews, but who who knows what Komet could be? You still definitely have hope there. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not like you're putting up you know a thirty guy against a zero because uh, Komet's going to do something. But I, I I agree, Andrews has the better bet to to hit here this week than Komet does. Are our flex positions? I've got Brandon Cooks at Denver and Zay Jones against the Colts versus Christian Kirk in uh, against Indianapolis, and then Jarvis Landry against Tampa Bay. So Kirk was every bit as Jacksonville wanted him to be this week. Um, was their number one receiver? Got the targets. If that continues, which I assume it will, I mean, I like Kirk here. Um, Landry was their leading receiver uh, as far as targets and, and yards, and this is the time of the year that Landry is going to do well. He's going to be probably a, a stalwart in this lineup for the, at least the first six games of the year until the rookie gets his feet underneath him and all that kind of thing. And he's slowly going to lose play. Um, Cooks is Cooks. He's just going to be fine. Don't worry about him. Say Jones is the wild card here. You've got the, you know, from the same team opposing each other. Um, but just based on that, oh God, I'm going to lean Kirk and Landry just because I think Landry's still going to get targets and work uh, against Tampa Bay uh, the way that they play. So give me Kirk and Landry. Yeah, I I agree hundred percent with everything you said. And actually that leads me to go heavy Kirk and Landry. Uh, Like the main one is, is like you said, Kirk is everything that you could have wanted as a Jags fan. He, he came out and, you know, certainly looks like he earned that contract. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is easy. Okay, defenses. Snakes has Bengals at Dallas, and then there's Colts at Jacksonville. 
yeah, this is easy too. Bengals against Dallas against. Yeah. I mean, you have a, you have a, listen, you have a team that said, we don't need, we don't need Amari Cooper. Get him out of here. Mm. Fifth round pick. Uh, Lel Collins left. Don't, left don't need him. Right tackle. Don't need him. Don't need right him. tackle. Don't need him. Don't need him. Yeah. Uh, backup quarterback. We have Cooper Rush. That's yeah, fine. fine. That's fine. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. God. Any any single one of us with with rubbing two brain cells together could manage a team better than Dallas currently has. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to agree 100. Um, I'm hoping we flush this season down the drain and get a new coach. That get a new coach, hopefully a name like a Sean Payton that has the cachet to take over some of these personnel decisions instead of this being a group thing where like, Oh, we take all these opinions. The problem with everybody's opinion is you get nothing. You need a strong voice to be able to draft a team. The best teams have great GMs who I don't care what the coaching says. I don't care. The scouts say this, I'm the GM. This is what I think. Those are the ones that play or that do well and last, not this by committee bullshit that Dallas likes to say they do. So sorry for the soapbox, but they pissed me off and I hope we flushed this season. So yes, best, best uh, of the free agent immediate pickups for this week by far was Bengals playing Dallas. If you're, you know, there's some that are going to last longer, but for this week, that was the best free agent pickup because they're going to crush. All right, Rob, continue your rant. Tell me about what Tubby can do with their bench. I mean, so you do have the two, you know, he did go heavy tight end early. He's got Hawkinson. You know, if you if you didn't believe in Landry, if you thought that was a fluke thing, I guess you could throw him in there. Otherwise, I really don't see anybody that I would be willing to put in there. Um, you know, I really like Jalen Hurts, but you, you can't miss out on that Herbert uh, Kansas City game. So I like what he's done. And, and that's what we said it. after the draft is you took Herbert. Why are you taking Hurts here rather than? Somebody that well, you can plug in, plug and play. And the same with Andrews and Hawkinson. You don't – he's going to have this problem all year, which is what we talked about in the in the post-draft, is that, you know, you're going to be mixing and matching, which do I play, blah, 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 where, you know, if, if it's me – now, he lost his first game, but if it's me, um, if I lose this one, I'm trading. I'm getting some better pieces, and I'm, I'm trading Hurts to the highest bidder. Yeah, you you see you see the deficiencies with taking the tight end and the quarterback at running back. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You've got a running back that's so so in Connor, and one that's gonna by midseason will barely be playing and will be traded in the offseason or let go. So no, they they didn't pick up his fifth year option, so he'll be a free agent. Oh, that's right. So Gonzo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I guess I have Blake's bench here. So well, I I mean, talk about my bench. Oh well, fine, whatever. Well, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I'll, I'm sure what you're going to say, Tyler, is that my bench in my entire team is full of question marks and more question marks. I mean, there's there's a lot of options. I have different pieces. You know, it's, it's do I want to take a risk and put, throw in Justin Fields at instead of Tom Brady or go look at somewhere on the waiver wire? Um, Michael Carter could be a variable piece. And then uh, Zay Jones is the variable piece in the flex position. Um, yeah. Do I, I don't know if I can trust Zeke in the first game without Dak Prescott, especially against Cincinnati. I don't think I can. No. Uh, do I throw Cordero Patterson in, in there against the, at the Rams who are going to be very angry coming out of their week one loss? I don't know about that one either. 
there's a lot of issues when, and it really stems down to the, my, my players matchups this week. Yeah. And I mean, this is going to lean towards my pick here. There are so few things you can trust on your team right now. Um, and <laughs> yeah. Starting with the quarterback position this week and, you know, Brady, you would think, yeah, you're going to trust him every week, but I just, I can't trust him in new Orleans. I'm sorry, especially off of a limited off season. So yeah, I mean, going into my pick, I, I'm taking Tubby, and I I don't particularly think it's going to be close, guys. Here, here's here's the one thing I I'm gonna before I make my pick. Here's oh, the give one us the thing. dice while while you talk. Oh, or before okay. you talk. Okay, you ready for the dice? It's a seven. Odd. That'll be snakes. Dice take it, snakes. If now, see, I would. You, you can't do this. Like if, if this wasn't a Thursday game, this would be a cool thing to do to see where you were after Thursday. But the Thursday game is the Chargers. Now you picked up DeAndre Carter, who's did okay last week, is going to get some run. You could get a little, hey, your quarterback scores. If he scores to me, you negate some of that. So I, just, I think there's so many know. options there that that's not something I, that I, I really take into account. I know. It's something to think about because Zay Jones, I just don't. I don't know that I trust Zay Jones. I, would I put think something you have, else in there. I think I, I DeAndre Carter is the fourth receiver option on this bench that I would look at this week. Yes, I, well, I agree. I'm just I threw that out there as a, as a you know. Yeah, and the the DeAndre Carter pickup was a it was after what waivers ran. It was almost two o'clock today. I was like, you know what? He's still out there. Let me grab him quick and drop this POS I have on my bench. There you go. Um, and maybe think about throwing a fucking dime out there and hoping it turns into something. But, but I don't know if I'll be able, if I'll have the guts to do that tomorrow. So here, here's the thing. Me saying that is me saying that you have to hit a home run to to be close in this game. You have to catch lightning in a bottle to be able to beat this team. Um, so I am going to pick. Uh, here's Tubby. Yeah, and I'm going to go Tubby too. Uh, I think we're going to leave the dice on an island here. Hey, well, how did the dice do last week? You told us how we did. How'd they do? We all did. Uh, everybody except for you did two and three. I oh, counted so the that dice were two and three. Okay, got it. Yep. All right. All right. Next matchup, we've got the Iowa, Iowa Corn Wieners at 0-1 at home against the 1-0 Fighting Hedgehogs. Currently, the Hogs are favored to win 134 to 125. Corn hey, I have I have one observation here before we get into this. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit disappointed in Sam's uh, Sam's picture here because if so you, you look at sell? it, I don't know why there isn't, I don't know why there isn't just one ridge of corn up the middle and no corn around the outsides just for, just for the seam there. Yeah. I, I think that would be much, much better, but go on Blake. It's, it's too zoomed in. That's the problem. I am a, I am a, I am a connoisseur of cock by the way. All right. Kirk cousins is going to be the quarterback for the corn wieners. He's at I'm, Philly. Versus Kyler Murray at the Raiders for the Hogs. I'm so glad I'm the one that does the bumpers on this, so that all of a sudden connoisseur connoisseur of cock can't be a bumper that people play. I think you need to make it one. Come on, that's a soundbite for the ages. Yeah, Uh, I'm actually taking uh, Kirk Cousins here, but it's really close. Uh, One thing, so I, you know, we talked last week about how Kyler Murray is much much better before Call of Duty comes out. What we didn't, what we didn't factor in was last week was double XP weekend in Call of Duty. So, you know, I'm sorry, that's on me. I I didn't do my research there. Uh, Doesn't this the beta weekend, come out this week? Oh no, 
Yeah, I think oh, the beta no. comes out this week. Oh no! Give me Kirk Cousins, big baby. <laughs> Look, that, not, that swayed my opinion. That. that swayed my opinion so much. That see, these are the these are the dumb things that you have to fucking pay attention to, and that I I just love about like the human element of fantasy football, where we know that Kyler Murray just loves Call of Duty more than anything in the entire world. Right. Um, it's close here, but Kyler Murray. The, the fact that he's missing his weapons uh, as such and only got role in the last game because Kansas City was murdering them and didn't care. So, yeah, give me Kirk Cousins. Okay, running backs. We've got Aaron Jones against Chicago and Brees Hall at Cleveland for the Wieners versus Joe Mixon at Dallas and Daryl Henderson Jr. against Atlanta for the Hell Halls. This is easy. Best back of the bunch is Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon doesn't have competition for carries. He's playing Dallas, who gave up, what, 13 yards a carry to Leonard Fournette last week? Oh, yeah. Joe Mixon's going to run all over him because they're going to get up big. Dallas isn't going to do anything, and Mixon's just going to keep running. If he has, if he doesn't have 125 yards plus and two touchdowns, then I guess I'm stupid. Uh, plus, we've already talked about Henderson is, you know, kind of the guy there instead of acres so e- easy easy over jones and Breesall, who are splitting time yeah so blake i i want to I, I totally agree with everything rob said blake i think on sunday what we need to do is we need to do a joint dfs uh, for this game and go all in on p ryan as the backup in case mixon gets hurt <laughs> like like andy did with uh chubba hubbard uh and just do the one game DFS for the Millie maker and Blake will split it. This is, this is a secret for everybody listening to this podcast. And if you share this with anybody, we'll stab you. Uh, I was going to say, Tyler, we should do a, a dumb uh, same game parlay and uh, make sure that Joe Mixon over 115 is in there somehow. Oh yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. Look, Look, I just figured that was assumed that we were going to bet everything. It's like, look, here, here's how our parlay is going to go. Mixon over 150, Parsons over two sacks or over a sack and a half. And at that point, oh, we're already that. we're already at like plus 3000 with two picks there. So yeah. we're 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 just rolling in. All righty. Our receivers in this matchup, we got Justin Jefferson at Philly and Alan Lazard. Is he going to play? Uh, that's still a question, I think. But he's against Maybe. Chicago. Uh, Hogs has A.J. Brown against Minnesota and Jamar Chase at Dallas. Yeah, I just – I don't know how much Cincinnati's going to have to pass against Dallas. I mean, we, we know Trayvon Diggs is how what he's good at and what he's not good at. And we know he's going to get burned every once in a while. And for this uh, – for Dallas, you lost a safety last week in um, mm-hmm. Wilson. So no, 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 uh, curse, 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 right. Wilson's going to have to step up. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think you have to go chase an AJ Brown just because of the question mark with Lazard. Um, if you, if you flipped Curtis Samuel up into Lazard spot and it's Jefferson and Curtis Samuel versus Chase and Brown, I'm going to call that a close matchup. It's yeah, I can see that. And I think he's just hoping that Lazard plays, um, but and then, yeah, you could put somebody else. Okay, I don't know who you put in. We'll talk about that when we get to benches. But yeah. I agree. It, it's Chase and Brown. And uh, my big city call of the week is that Chase gets a 60-plus yard touchdown 
against my Ooh. boys. All right, add that to the dumbest boy parlay. Oh, I gotta write. I gotta write all this shit down. Uh, all right, that's what big city calls. Over yeah, we're, gonna, we're gonna have a fat old parlay for the Dallas Tigers <laughs> game. Yeah, that's it right uh, there. You know what? And the worst part is, as Dallas fans, I don't think we're. I don't very, think these are. I don't think we're off base. Honestly. <laughs> no. You could see it. I could see it happening in my mind right now. Yeah. Where Dick bites on a thing and Chase beats him by 10 yards and just like, blip, 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 blip. Oh, yeah. and, it's, and, it's at, and it's at the end of the first quarter, too. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> and you get the buck 20 in the third quarter. All right. Tight ends. Uh, Dalton Schultz against Cincinnati for the Wieners and then Dallas Goddard against Minnesota for the Hogs. So yeah, I don't actually... love this. Oh, oh go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I will go ahead because you went Jesus. first on the receivers. Um, I actually think Excellent this is, podcasting. Yes, I actually think this is decently close because I think that uh, you know, there's we we talked about that Smith is probably not going to goose again. It's going to be a decently scoring game between Philly and Minnesota, and Goddard was uh, involved um, still for uh, you know against Detroit. Dalton Schultz may be the only person that the redheaded freak can actually complete a pass to. Um, so, I mean, I don't see Schultz getting a lot of, pa- or a lot of yards, but he could easily get eight catches for 74, you know, under 10 a spot, but enough to uh, pretend to move chains and get like six first downs. And that's probably all they get. You are so, asking so much of this Dallas offense to get six first downs. They're all Dalton Schultz though. I, I don't know that that's gonna happen. I, I agree 100. percent I, I think yeah. I think this is really close, and I would lean Schultz just for the workload. Yeah. All right, flex positions: Tyler Lockett at San Francisco and Curtis Samuel at Detroit for the Wieners versus J.K. Dobbins. He's supposed to play against Miami, uh, and then uh, Robbie Anderson at the Giants. Yeah, I'm not trusting J.K. Dobbins yet. Um, I that I think they're going to work him in slow. And so I, I don't, I would not play him the first week he's back. Uh, Robbie Anderson looks like the guy uh, for Baker. Who knows whether that was just how they played him or what. Um, Tyler Lockett, I don't trust him at all. Like I said, DK Metcalf has the target share and the tight ends got the target share when it wasn't. Uh, now, however, Freedy, they split it between three tight ends. So you're not looking great on your bet there that Noah Fant was going to be the uh, target leader. And Curtis Samuel looked amazing. So I, I think Curtis Samuel is the best of the bunch here. So give me Lockett and Samuel. But I, I imagine we're replacing three out of these four or two out of these four players. Yeah, uh, I agree. It's I like Samuel and Robbie. I I, I don't think he's going to be playing D, uh, JK. I think he's like just hoping. Um, and I, I'd get Lockett out of there as soon as I could. Uh, defense Rams against the Falcons and then Ravens against the Dolphins. Ooh, I mean, yeah. neither one of these are particularly great, right? So who do you think makes more mistakes between Miami and Atlanta? Atlanta <sighs> but the Rams, yeah, but the Rams looked hot, hot fucking garbage against the Bills, yeah. but are the Bills going to make everybody look like hot garbage? So well, I, I think mean, give me the Rams. There, there was also, uh, what, three turnovers in the first half by the Bills? Yeah. And I, I would mean, say that the Bills' offense a, is better than Atlanta. It, I, this is going to be real close because Atlanta is a better team than people think. They're, they're not – I mean, I don't know if they turn the ball over that much. They 
they did really well against New Orleans last week. And I, I just like the way what they're doing is fits what Mariota can do. Um, yeah, I mean, this is really a push for me. It really is. I'll, I'll just because the Rams have the names, I, I guess I'll give them the edge and that they got three turnovers against the bills, you know, so they'll probably get some sacks. They'll probably get a fumble off of that. But I think, I don't think either of these teams break 11 or 12. So, all right, Tyler, take me through the corn wieners and what they can do with their bench. And then we'll have Rob follow up and he'll talk about the hogs. Yeah. I mean, the, the corn readers were potentially the biggest loser of week one with Keenan Allen and Elijah Mitchell going down. Both of them are in IR um, did no moves uh, to fill those spots. Now, whether that's just, you know, Sam being new to the league, wanting to kind of see week one, what, you know, how everything works, et cetera. I can totally understand that. Uh, but that leaves you with limited options. Um, Nico Collins and Mike Gusecki are really the no Mike. Never mind, not Mike Gusecki. That's dumb. Uh, Nico Collins and Ramondre Stevenson are really the only options you could throw in here. So I see why Lockett and Lazard are in your lineup. I think Collins has to be in somewhere because I think they're going to put uh, Denver's going to put oh the uh, the young kid uh, that Dallas wanted. Oh, um, number two. Um, we took Parsons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I can't even go ahead. Yeah, no, but they're, they're going to put their lead corner on Cooks. And I still think Cooks gets his, but I think Collins is a little bit more involved. Um, now, if, if you want the upside, do you go? I, I You know, I now that I'm seeing his bench, I'm understanding the lineup a little bit more. And I, I think I understand why you're going Lockett and Lazard just for the upside, because I think you're a heavy, heavy underdog here. Yeah, go ahead, Rob. Um, so, I mean, this, this, this lineup also took a hit with Godwin being out. Um, I'm probably not going, you know, he, he doesn't have his Noah Fanta in there, obviously, because of <laughs> the way that went. I mean, you're not going to take a shot on Duvernay here, you know, for anybody. I think Dobbins comes out and you've got to put, You know, do, do you take a shot on Olave? Do you take a shot on Pollard? You know, probably one of those because maybe the I only mean, way down. I you, mean, you could call your shot on Duvernay again. Duvernay looked – I guess they, you could. Because how, how they're going to use those receivers is Bateman and Duvernay are going to try to stretch the field. Duvernay is yep. basically trying to take over the Hollywood role. Yes, he is. And so – Yeah, I, I guess you, know, you probably would have to if you if, if J.K. doesn't play. Um, so – now, under normal circumstances, if he wouldn't have had such a stinker of a game against Pittsburgh, I'd be thinking about playing uh, Joe Burrow against Dallas. But as we've as we've said, that it's not going to take much from Cincinnati to get out ahead. So you know, Burrow might. But throw if you get twenty five and two, but two. But if you get one of those sixty yard bombs yeah. like you're projecting, then that instantly boosts his production yeah, i mean yeah. it's just what you believe whether whether you believe i mean it truly it truly for me comes down to is kyler going to be on call of duty all weekend i'm sorry <laughs> like yeah. also joe burrow had five turnovers against pittsburgh but still put up three, 35 points so yeah so i you know there's another spot that you might think about so he's got some but the the big one is dobbins you know if i guess if he plays you you want to see what you got but i don't think he's going to or if he is, he's limited and, and doesn't do that much. So I, I, w- I would put somebody else in there, and then I would 
at the last minute decide between Murray and Burrow. All right, so Rob, go ahead and roll the dice because I'm pretty sure the three of us are – is there three of us? Yeah, the three of us are going straight line <laughs> hedgehogs. I'll tell you what, before – uh, before Rob even went into the bench, I already put in our picks. Like I'm just, a... <laughs> uh, it's a two. Uh, yeah, then that's going to be a queen sweep. I assume. Yep, yes, that's queen sweep. All, All right. right. Final matchup here. Uh, commissioner cup held on by Monty's Hawaiian Shakas last week. Uh, they are being hosted by our own Tyler's fantasy reapers. Both these teams are one and zero. Oh. Currently, the Shaka's favored one forty eight to one thirty five. Rob, let's break these down. We got Matt Stafford uh, against Atlanta for the Reapers versus Pat Mahomes against the Chargers Thursday night for the Shaka's. So I like a bounce back game for Stafford to play better than he did against the Bills. But come on, we've been talking about this Thursday night game. Uh, Mahomes had five touchdowns last week. It's easy, Mahomes here. Yep, favorite Mahomes. I am so excited for this to be a what? What did I say? Ten to three earlier. I'm gonna up that to um, let's go twelve to seven. You know that'll be uh, even more interesting. I haven't looked at the official line yet to see where <laughs> this actually. Yeah, it, it's fifty four. So they. Oh, certainly yeah, think I want to say it was at fifty four. All right, running that, that might be the highest line of the week. In fact, I think it is. Nice. Reapers have Jonathan Taylor at Jacksonville and Saquon Barkley against Carolina. Huge game for Saquon last week. Shakas have Nick Chubb against the Jets and then Miles Sanders against Minnesota. So surprisingly, this is one of the better running back matchups, and it's strictly on based on last week's performance. In fact, if Miles Sanders would have gotten like four more yards, I think, you would have 400-yard getters in this matchup. Um, just based on the fact that Philly is trying to use all of their backs – um, and Nick Chubb does have Kareem Hunt to take away from him at where Taylor and Saquon are their own island. I got to go Taylor and, and Saquon here uh, rather handily, but, you know, they're good. It's a good group of backs yeah. based uh, on last and, week's stats. And we were, I mean, we were, we gave Monty a bunch of crap for taking the Cleveland running backs like he did. It worked out for him last week. I honestly think it might work out for him again this week. Um, it, it is the Jets. Yeah, yeah, and the the big thing is it just caps your touchdown upside, and as long as as long as Kareem Hunt is producing through the air and Nick Chubb is producing on the ground, that's fine. Yeah, but you're 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 very rarely going to have a game like last week where oh I guess Chubb didn't score. I was thinking that Chubb had one and Hunt had two, but no, uh, you're a, a buck something. Yeah, you're. I don't think you're ever going to have more than two touchdowns between these guys, which is, which is the problem with having both of them. Right. But his floor between the two is really good. Right. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I still think it's Taylor and Barkley in this matchup. So, receivers, we got Hollywood Brown at the Raiders and Jalen Waddle at Baltimore for Reapers versus Cooper Cup against Atlanta and Terry McLaurin at Detroit for the Shockers. I mean, all all these are decent receivers, except for Cooper Cooper Cup, who's the one or two, depending on what week he wants to switch off with somebody. Um, just based on it being Cooper Cup, I'm giving it to Cup and McLaurin. Um, but I mean, they're all going to put up points. But I just obviously Cup is going to get a gazillion targets and a bazillion yards every week. So, yep, I'm going to go. Uh, did Cup you guys and McLaurin as well? I think. Uh... Waddle is almost, I mean, 
just based off of one week, I think he's ba- uh, a more of a touchdown dependent receiver. It would, that's not to take away how good a receiver he actually is. Oh, sure. But for fantasy purposes. I, I don't know if you guys saw the tweet, but somebody tweeted out, yeah, uh, Allen Robinson tried to come to breakfast with Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford, and the whole time they just sat him at the end of the table and threw sausages at him. Nice. <laughs> I do Sorry, think then. he has a bounce back game. I think they they talked about it this week, and I think they make sure to get him some plays. Tight ends here. Uh, Reapers is going to throw out Gerald Everett at Kansas City, who was a pregame waiver pickup on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, which makes me sad internally as a Cole Komet owner. I wish I kind of had a little bit of a safety net, but whatever. Uh, Shaka's though is going to throw out Travis Kelsey. So I think that's just kind of a, a bad news for oh. Reapers. I mean, it's a given. There's there's nothing wrong with Everett, especially we were talking about all the other pass catchers. Who's going to pick up that slack with Keenan Allen out? Could it be Everett? I, I don't know. Uh, who knows what Herbert's going to do, but that game's good. Uh, I too was going to, uh, on Saturday, um, because of my drunkenness, forgot to pick up Everett and drop Irv Smith, which was my intention. And then by the time I saw it uh, on Sunday, he was already gone. So, yeah, that, that was one where, you know, we're, we're all sitting around going, okay, what's your lineup? What's your lineup? And then, uh, you know, Rob goes to the bathroom and I do a panic pickup at about 11.55. And then all of a sudden I'm cheering for Everett. And Rob's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I picked him up. And he's like, what? <laughs> Yeah, I completely, yes, I completely meant to do it Saturday, completely forgot about it Sunday, and then when you mentioned him, I was like, oh, yeah, shit, I was going to pick that guy up. Oh, well. Uh, it's Kelsey. Sorry. Sorry. Flexes. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire against the Chargers and Julio Jones at New Orleans for the Reapers versus Michael Thomas uh, against Tampa Bay and Kareem Hunt against the Jets. I mean, in Michael Thomas's first game back in, what, two years, roughly, nearly, basically, he got... He got a you know a fair decent amount of targets. Not like Landry, but he still got two touchdowns. So I think Thomas will be fine. We already talked about Hunt. They're playing the Jets. He's got a good floor. Um, Edward Solaire, I guess Kansas City's going to use him this year. Well, and it was still trying to get rid of him all the time. Target share or fifty percent uh, carrying. It was yeah, share. the the, so, the, the but early here's the, here's the thing the early quarter in the red zone. Yeah, the, and the early quarter usage was a lot higher obviously pacheco got all of the fourth quarter when the game was a blowout right. so when you and when you look at the first couple of quarters it, it leaned a lot more CEH. but also the, mckinnon's there as well and sure. uh, right him and mckinnon seem to be splitting the carries and then pacheco got all the work when the game was all right tyler tyler you're supposed hand. to shut up till you're till your yeah you are yeah but i got i got stats i got stats buddy just keep your monkey to yourself for right now I think Rob, this matchup well, wait, is way wait, wait, closer I, I, than it may than it may than you may look like. I didn't even get done because Tyler interrupted with his stupid Ceh crap. The linchpin to this matchup is Julio Jones. If they give him more work, I don't think they gave they gave him a fair amount of work last week, but not a lot because he didn't play in the preseason and he's notoriously broken. But he had the second or third fastest wide receiver. Uh, speed. I guess people keep track of that shit yep. of anybody in the league last week. Number two or three. If he this, he's not going to be any healthier the rest of this year than he is right now. If he with um, uh, God went out, 
this makes this really close. And with Lattimore Thomas. shadowing Evans. And with let correct. It could leave Julio open. I mean, you saw what he did with a one-on-one um, down the field against Dallas. And Dallas's defense has actually played really well. Yeah. But they still gave up a 40-yarder to him. Um, I think this is real close, especially since it's going to be a shootout in uh, with the Chargers. So you're not going to see Pachenko come in as you know and take carries as much. I think this share is going to be more to CEH. Give me, oh, this is gross to say, but CEH and Julio Jones. Can't believe I'm saying that. Uh, I really don't know who to take. Like I said, name-wise, you'd be like, uh, you know, it's, you should say it should be Michael Thomas and Kareem Hunt. Right. I think it's, you it, should. it's so close. And I just, I don't trust the way that Andy Reid uses his running backs, especially with CEH coming on board. I'm going to go Thomas and Hunt just for shits and gigs. All right. It's Especially close. against the I mean, Jets. The Jets really right. make this yeah, make this way towards the Browns running backs. You you can make an argument either way. That's why this is a very close matchup between these two. All right. So, Rob, what do you think about the Broncos defense against Houston or the yes. Cowboys defense against Cincinnati? Move on. Yes, Broncos. Okay. Would you Cowboys play? Defense, Cowboys defense will be good. Pittsburgh turned Cincinnati over. We, we might get lucky. And get a pick six or something like that. So that could be. But over the, you know, for a defense, you want some sustainable defense. And it's very impossible to predict a pick six or a fumble return for a touchdown. Those kinds of things, which Dallas could get while losing 38 to 17, right? And two of those touchdowns could be defensive. And then a field goal because they got a fumble and kicked it off from where they got it. Um, Very easily could be like that. And then they would outscore them. But. Just based on the team, you got I got to go Broncos against Houston. Sorry, I think when it comes to fantasy, uh, you have to you unless you have like the number one or the number two defense in the in the NFL, you have to play defenses based off the potential. And I think yeah. Dallas, like you said, has that biggest potential. So you I mean, got to lean in a fantasy aspect towards Dallas. All right, I mean, I get it. I hate to. I would hate to play them this week. Yeah. I, I would feel more comfortable than playing the, Bron- the Broncos D. I mean, the fucking uh, Houston put up, uh, got ahead of what, 20 to three against the Colts last week, and the Colts were supposed to have a good defense too. So, yeah, I got you. All right, Rob, let's look at the Shaka's bench here. Uh, I'm just kind of glancing through for my first time. There's, there's some young names here. I think Tyler Boyd, Hunter Henry. Uh, Ryan Tannehill are all like, and Damian Harris are all non-factors for you. Correct. So you're looking at Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, maybe Amari Cooper. No, never. I wouldn't play any of these. Nope. The, the, the lineup they have in is their, their best lineup. I would not change anything. Yeah. I think so too. All right. Yeah. You, you got some, you got some long shots and I mean, there's really the, no reason for you to be taking any long shots here. No, unless you're Gerald Everett the, has like a huge game for some reason. No, you're you're playing from a position of strength here. You're you're I think this is the he- most heavily favored team this week, except maybe whoever's playing me. All right, so, Tyler, yeah. what do you think about your team? What do you think about your matchup? Yeah, I mean, I have one position. That's a question mark. That's that Julio Jones position. Obviously, I'm playing Everett. Um, I, I don't think I'm going to trust Kittle, even if he's active, uh, coming off the groin injury. I, I mean, I might. 
But well, I guess I I won't have to be able to make that decision, right? Because Everett's on right, Thursday, Thursday night. So, yeah. So I'm playing Everett because uh, I'm not going to wait for Njoku on Sunday. Um, and then yeah, so that Julio Jones position really comes down to: Do I want to go CD? Do I want to go AJ Dillon? Do I want to go Rashad Bateman? Do I want to go Julio? And all of them, uh, you know, all of them are Sunday games. So that's certainly going to be one that I continue to look at throughout the week. And I'm I'm just not sure which way to go. Um. You know, with Dylan, with Dylan and Bateman, I don't have the trust that they're going to go over a hundred uh, and with CD lamb. So that's why Julio is currently in. I think he has the best chance to go over a hundred, but man, Dylan, you know, Dylan's going to get a ton of work for the Packers, uh, especially if they get up on Chicago, Dylan's going to come in and be the wrecking ball to end the game. Yeah. Bateman against Miami. That could uh, certainly be, you know, he was, I think, four for 60-something. Oh, two for 59 and a touch on five targets. You know, his volume there concerns me. But, yeah, we'll so, we'll see where that ends so, up going. So, Tyler, you're going to know a lot going into Sunday because he's got Mahomes and Kelsey Thursday. So, you're going to see how that stack plays. And if that stack plays like it did this last week, you're going to have to leave Julio in there, yeah. barring him coming in with missing two feet. Um you got to play him because you're going to have to shoot for the moon. Now, if for some reason Mahomes missed the game because he, you know, overslept and Kelsey slipped on a puddle and broke his face, well, then you could play safer and put in somebody else. But you'll know after after as, tomorrow's game who you got to play. Yeah, as weird as it sounds for a heavy underdog, this matchup lines up really well for me to make decisions. Yeah. Right, right, because you're – yeah, two of his – Two of his three strongest players will have played. The, the guys I'm most worried going nuclear outside of Cooper Cup, which right. even Cooper Cup, I don't think even last year, you, did he uh, ever put up a 200-yard game? No, he just always put up 120 to 160. Right, so, like so I just week. expect him to go, you know, 30 points. But Mahomes and Kelsey could go, like, nuclear. Mahomes could put up 500, you know. And yeah. All right. Yep. Uh, let's go uh, Rob and the Dice. Make our first picks here. Well, Rob is going to uh, say that the Shakas hang on to it and win next week or this week. And the Dice, it's an odd one. They go Reapers. Woo! Right, Tyler, who did I take in the Fly Eagles, Fly and Scary Terry matchup? Uh, everybody except the Dice took Terry. Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, I'm going to go Shaka's. Uh, it's going to be a all podcast hosts lose week. Oh, that'd be sad, wouldn't it? That'd be, yeah. that'd be gross. Um, I, I'm going to stick with my guns here. I, I think my, I think my running backs are that dominant this week. And I think, I think Waddle could have a really big game and keep me in this. So uh, yeah, but I, I think this could be the matchup that has the highest potential of both people being over 150 this week. Yeah. Oh, I agree to that. I agree to that. And once you get over 150, then it's all about touchdowns and luck. Yeah. All right. All right. Anything else, guys? Um, no, nothing of import. Cool. Except all right. fly Eagles fly. Let's, uh, let's, let's get the hell out of here and everybody have a good week too. Everybody look to see if it's beta weekend on Call of Duty before you play Kyler. <laughs>